are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. I have you to cancer, Nicholas. These were the words my mother spoke to me as I stood in the doorway of her bedroom in disbelief and shock. At first, I thought she wasn't serious. Maybe the tests had revealed a mistake. Maybe the lab results got switched with someone else. How could this be? My mother was the picture of health. She hiked several times a week. She ate a healthy diet. She always had a positive attitude and really loved her life. That day in 2010 shook my world, and during the next two years, I would understand what it would be like to take on the role of a caregiver. I would be tested physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I would be thrust into the world of doctor's appointments, waiting rooms, chemotherapy, radiation, blood draws, lab results emergency rooms, conventional and complementary medicine, and even hospice care. I never saw this coming, and I don't think she did either. At first, she went the traditional healthcare route, having surgery to remove some cancerous lymph nodes, and later chemotherapy and radiation. It was very scary for me to see my mother, who once looked very healthy, start to lose weight, lose her hair and appetite, and not have as much energy as she used to. During the night, she laid in her bed, suffering from the effects of the chemo, 
as it caused sharp pain to shoot down her legs and into her feet. I wished in my heart that I could just take away her pain in seconds, and she could live life in peace and have no more pain. Working a full-time job five days a week and then coming home to take care of her was a lot to handle. At times, it was unbearable, and I don't know how I was able to keep it all together. After the rounds of chemo and radiation were finished, she explored the field of complementary medicine. She received massage, lymphatic drainage, energy work, and taking herbs to strengthen her immune system and detox from the effects of the drugs. During this time, I was just so happy to see her to start to feel much better. Things were looking up, and I really thought that she had beat cancer. That was in January of 2011. Then, in 2012, my mother noticed what she thought was a small infection on her inner left thigh. About a month of seeing various practitioners, and the doctor confirmed that the uterine cancer had returned. It had returned much more aggressively, though. She had tumors on her kidneys, on her spine, in her throat. And my heart, it, it just sank. You know, um, I remember hugging my mother and telling her that everything would be okay as tears just streamed down her face. I let her know that my brothers and I we were there for her before, and we would be there for her now. There were days when I was angry, I was exhausted, I was mad at God, um, you know, I was just self-absorbed. Even though my mother was dying, I just wanted to get away from it all. Now, I know that that sounds really horrible given the circumstances that my mother was going through. You know, she was in much worse shape than I was. But it's the truth, and it's how I felt at that time. Eventually, my mother's condition worsened, and I had to call hospice. My mother, she knew that this was coming. And she bravely accepted what she had to do and where she had to go. It was a house that was turned into hospice care. It was privately owned and it was run by a former nurse and a very caring staff. They loved my mother and she often would stop and talk with them and also talk with the patients as they wheeled her in her wheelchair past their doors on the way to morning breakfast. One morning, my mother, she wasn't doing very well at all, so I decided to go and see her. And when I stepped into her room, I immediately felt a sense of peace around her. It was very palpable, and I can even take myself back right now and just remember that feeling. It's as if she knew that she was not going to be on this earth very much longer, 
and she had made peace with everything that had happened and where she was going to go after this. That gave me a sense of comfort and a sense of peace to this day that I really can't even put into words. On October 1st, 2012, at 9 p.m., after a two-year battle with uterine cancer, my mother passed away. It's been several years now since my mother's passing, and even though I've healed from losing my mother to cancer, there are days that I still miss her physical presence very much. As a result of all this, I started my own business called Release Emotional Baggage, where I help people to heal their acute and chronic pain by gently releasing trapped emotions in their body that are causing the pain. I also put together a personalized herbal program for them to help decrease inflammation, reduce pain, and restore their body back to balance. Because of the experience that I had with my mother, I found an inner strength that, to be honest, I never really knew I had. I now know that I have a huge heart to be with people in times of crisis and in times of pain. In closing, there are three life lessons that I'd like to share with you that I've learned from my mother and that I'll never forget. I hope they help you. Life lesson number one. Be grateful for the people in your life. Love them as much as you can because you never know how long they will be around. To tell you the truth, I really didn't get this one until my mother was no longer around. And I, I wish that I had understood it sooner. Despite all the disagreements, fights, and misunderstandings that I had with my mother growing up, she still loved me just as I was unconditionally. Life lesson number two. Always have a positive attitude. My mother, she always looked on the bright side of life. You know, but her life growing up, it was anything but perfect. Her first two pregnancies were stillborn. She grew up with not a lot of money. Her father was an alcoholic. She went through a divorce later in life, and she battled and lost to cancer. Despite all of what she was going through, she always kept a positive attitude. She raised three healthy boys, had a wonderful and successful career, and always uplifted everyone that she was around. Life lesson number three. Despite whatever your circumstances may be, never complain and keep moving forward. When I lived with her and took care of her during the cancer, I never heard her complain. Even though she was in pain, tired, losing her hair, going through scary medical treatments, again, she not once complained. If anything, she tried to make the people and healthcare providers around her smile, laugh, and enjoy the time that they were with her. It is my biggest dream that one day we will find a cure for all types of cancer. And on a personal mission, I want to be able to help as many people as I can in my lifetime to heal their acute and chronic pain naturally 
so that they can live a life that is pain-free and full of joy. Our next story comes from Anna Cecilia. What heartbreak taught me about self-love? Everyone goes through it. The hurt will stop. He was horrible. You deserve so much better. Just block him and forget about it. Move on. It shouldn't take this long for you to forget about such a jerk. When going through heartbreak, those around you offer loads of advice and condolences. Food and Netflix become your best friend, but none of those things stop the pain or endless pile of questions. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said, The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Well, here's what I know. I spent too much time in a toxic relationship. One where I was isolated from friends and family, hurting those who genuinely cared, making excuses for his endless list of shortcomings or mistakes, and of course, believing his every word. It was as if everything I knew was taken from inside me and put elsewhere. I could feel it leaving me piece by piece every time he stepped on my heart a little more. I was blessed to have been given a way out, but recovering from heartache was nothing short of exhausting. With that being said, I took a slightly longer road in my healing process. I wanted to know everything, but it felt like at that point I knew nothing. Why was I so easily manipulated and controlled by him? Why did I compromise myself and my values so many times? How can I have stayed for so long or fallen so hard? How could he do such horrible things to someone he claims he loves more than anyone else? Why was I not strong enough to stand up to him or better yet, leave? Why are girls taught from a young age that if a boy mistreats you, it's because he likes you? Why are there sexual education classes but no classes on the importance of loving yourself? Where are the strong, influential women sharing stories of their journeys and their struggles to find acceptance and love for themselves? It's wrong. The system is wrong and society is flawed. As women, we do not have to withstand a man's painful actions or words because he, quote, likes us. And the same goes for men. Younger girls need to not be sexualized at the age of 12 for wearing thin tank top straps in 90 degree weather. Young couples need to be taught the importance of consent. Survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, or any sort of abuse, whether it be physical, emotional, financial, psychological, etc., need to know that they are beautiful and they are worthy of love that doesn't hurt. In my experience, I looked beyond the psychological aspects, PTSD, Stockholm Syndrome, and his multitude of personality disorders, because my core problem came down to self-love, or lack thereof. 
There are so many ways to define self-love. While some are more complex than others, my go-to definition by Buddha is, quote, you yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. My insecurities and lack of confidence caused me to swallow every word he fed me. My fear of losing him, what does that even really mean anyways, allowed him to betray me, knowing I would stay. My naivete helped me fall in love quickly, regardless of the little red flags that began popping up since the beginning. I spent nights analyzing my every action, my every decision. I don't blame myself for what he did to me. I don't blame any woman or man who finds herself or himself in a situation where the feelings of love are mixed with such great pain. But I do wish I had known then what I know now about self-love. So with that, I want to share a few quick notes that guided me through my learning of self-love and hopefully inspire someone out there to begin their own journey. If you don't value yourself, you won't value your time. If you don't value your time, you won't do anything useful with it. You are born with everything you need within yourself. You don't need anyone who is harmful to you, your mind, or your health. The love you have for yourself affects every relationship you have, because realistically, You can't truly and selflessly love another person until you have mastered loving yourself. When you discover something that brings joy to your life, love yourself enough to make time for it and pursue it. Don't have more confidence in others' opinions than in your own. Do things that add beauty and happiness to your life. Rely on yourself for a sense of happiness and self-worth. No one else can give that to you. If you're looking to find happiness within another person, you need to turn back and look within yourself. Accept who you are completely and make changes as you see fit, not as others tell you to. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. You are in competition with no one except your previous self. Through sharing my story, I've learned the power of forgiving myself and others as well as how to use difficult times in life to strengthen my gratitude and grow in a positive direction. I've just recently started sharing my story, and I have to say that it is liberating and frightening at the same time. But I've seen my story help others, and that's such a great outcome from such a negative situation. My biggest dream is to remove the stigma from sexual assault, domestic violence, and abuse. I would love to eliminate it completely. I know, talk about dream big. But if I can at least help other survivors get justice and make traumatic healing more affordable, it's currently so expensive that it is really only available to those who are well off. I actually wrote an op-ed for World Give Report about it if you want to check it out. It'll be in the show notes for today's episode. When you love yourself enough, You find the courage and strength to leave behind what is unhealthy, because as the great Oscar Wilde said, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Hi, my name's Sarita, and I'm the founder of Moments of Sense and Style, and I'm here to tell you my story. It's quite the tale. I'd describe it as playing the cards I've been dealt as life changed in a heartbeat over three years ago, 
My partner Rob and I met whilst we were living and working in Hong Kong. Both designers, working hard and playing hard. And on the 27th of September 2014, Rob suffered a near-fatal brain hemorrhage and stroke. To make things more complicated, we lived and worked in Hong Kong. But all this happened on the second day of a holiday in Sydney. Life changed instantly. We went from being high-flying design professionals, working hard and playing hard, to dealing with intense trauma. Rob was in a coma for three weeks and we were stuck in Sydney for three months before we had to move back to the UK for family support. And although I did try to maintain my old job, I had to give up work to support Rob and his recovery. It's been quite the journey to get to this point. And my business idea came to me at my lowest ebb. Unable to find work, I decided to create something beautiful out of the darkness. It all started with a blog, a Tumblr in fact, and it all went from there. The Tumblr was a way to process my grief and tell our story in detail. Through words, images and music. I was dealing with my trauma through writing, the visceral imagery and song. Through the storytelling, it became apparent I needed an outlet alongside being a carer for Rob and to put my years of experience to good use. Here is where I truly found solace. The visuals and song could get me through. It also helped me come up with the idea of what to do next. And that's how Moss, or Moments of Sense and Style, was born. It was an outlet, a creative and cathartic project for me to deal with what's happened and to find myself again. The name came from the old adage, which rings true, a rolling stone gathers no moss. Our life before was hectic, always on the move, urban nomads never still. Life and tragedy made us stop, stop rolling, and it's time to take root and gather moss. The brand has developed and runs parallel to caring for Rob, dealing with his recovery and our life as it is now with brain injury. It's developing at our pace, and I'm proud to have created a platform for both of us to forge our new path. Rob inspires me daily with his calm, gentle approach, his drive and determination, and his sheer will to live and laugh. And I've had to find great pleasure in gratitude. The simple moments and beauty in the mundane inspires me. The last few years have made me appreciate the tiny details, the little things that are actually what make us. The fleeting moments we wouldn't normally give a second glance to, that's what's most dear and most precious. You miss them when they're taken from you. There truly is beauty in every day. If we would only just stop and look and change our ways of seeing. I'm motivated by the opportunity to share this beauty with you with everyone, but more so as a need to create, to create, use this inspiration and put my experience to good use, to use my skills and talents to build our life again. I also take inspiration from poetry and music, which is essentially poetry with beats and literature too. Yeah, it's not all plain sailing. My confidence has been knocked since Rob's brain injury. Yes, the trauma happened to him, but it happened to me too. Our life shattered to pieces. Where most people have one constant in their life to hold them up when trauma happens, we had nothing to hold on to. 
We lost our homes, our jobs, our lives as we knew it and had to start again. My confidence is it's still taking time to rebuild, yet I have faith. I've got us this far. I started as I had nothing left to lose because we were starting from scratch. And the hurdles have been plentiful, especially as I'm, I'm balancing rebuilding our lives in all this whilst teaching Rob how to live again and how to be in the world again. One of the biggest hurdles has been finding my feet in a new city. Rob's hometown, not mine, so I've had to build a network here. And within all that, there have been many lessons learned in terms of trust in who is genuine. But overall, I'm sticking with it and finally seem to be finding like-minded souls. The way I've approached this has been my strength in creative problem solving. I saw the spark in Rob and I knew from the moment he was out of his coma that Rob was very much him and still as driven and determined as ever. I knew he simply needed love and encouragement and a reason to get up each day, a purpose. Fundamentally, that's all we need, a reason for being, to find the thing that makes us tick and then do that. And so that's what I did. I create, I've creatively problem-solved our way out of this. Not only just by teaching Rob how to communicate through drawing due to his brain injury, but essentially creating a platform for us to springboard into our new journey of life with brain injury. Because life is short, we've only got so long. So if there's one bit of advice I'd give to anyone, it's that we really should find our purpose. Let's try and fuel our passion and do so with an open heart and mind. Let's just go to the edge and push, because what's the worst that could happen? Take fear and doubt by the hand and let's jump together. But actually saying that, do it your way. Do things differently. Challenge the status quo. Do everything at your pace and carve out a path that's true to you. And no matter how tough things get, just keep moving, keep momentum, as that's how we've got through with Rob's brain injury and recovery. I'm extremely proud of how I've dealt with the most humbling experience over the last few years and how I've dedicated myself to Rob's rehab and recovery, but also how I've dedicated to love and to forging a, a future that works with our life as it is now. It's unconventional, but as they say, life is for living. And if I can earn a living, establish a future for ourselves, and enjoy what I do all at once, then I'll have it made. My biggest dream is, and hopes for the future is that we can grow the business enough so that we can build a home and start a family and have a true bricks and mortar studio of our own, a creative hub, a place to support the community and others who've gone through trauma and brain injury. As sadly, society seems to decide your fate and throw you off a cliff when something like this has happened. And just because something has happened to you doesn't mean that you lose your sense of style and taste and ability. I feel passionately that everyone has potential, something to offer, if only given the chance. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit SeekTheJoyPodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.